welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, gals, non-binary pals. Welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple watches scary movies. One of them tries to kill the other. And we learn a little something along the way. My name is Cindy. I'm the girlfriend. I'm Josh. He's the boyfriend who he, uh, enjoys trying to kill me often. And not grad school. Does not <laughs> no. enjoy grad school. We are going through it. So it is July and our theme for the month of July are the return of the night of the living dead or what? I'm going to get it wrong. You fucked that up big time. Yeah. <laughs> it's zombie comedies. Zombie so it, comedies. Right. But aren't they all? Nope. Okay. We're just doing a couple, like three Return of the Living Dead films. Oh, okay. But they're not all Return of the Living Dead films. I was misinformed. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, all right. Zombie comedy. Today, what are we watching? Uh, we are watching Return of the Living Dead. Thank part you. Part two. See? Part two. Two, All which right. is going to lean a lot heavier on that comedy. It was a fun movie. If you haven't heard last week's episode, uh, I suggest you do so. I assume it will make this episode a little easier to understand as well. Not really. All right. Never mind. <laughs> Fuck me then. Uh, tell me about this movie. This movie came out in 1988. I was eight. I was six. Depends what month. When... Oh, have I, a was, better... I was five Okay, when this came out. All right. Because it was in January. Yep, then I was six. I was a... Fr- I mean, eight. I was a fresh eight. I was uh, halfway five. There we go. <laughs> All right. What was going on in the world in 1988? That was the... Uh, that was the George the Bush the first year, wasn't it? Uh, that was the year he won the election. Yeah. Correct. 88. Correcto, friendo. Uh, that was the year of the Winter Olympics in Calgary. All right. Right. Thank you, Canada. Calgary Stampede. Weirdly, uh, the last episode of Joe Bob for the season um, took place in Calgary with uh, Nightbreed. So there you go. There's nice. a weird Calgary connection. It's also where uh, the hearts were from. Owen and Bret Hart. Yep. The Iran-Contra affair. Uh, the Iran-Contra affair fallout was in full swing. Yay. So what? What? Uh, the Soviet-Afghan War ended. Good thing we never had a problem with those two ever again. Ever again. <laughs> right. Congress heard testimony that there was indeed man-made climate change. Yeah. And they promptly Did. fixed it. They fixed it. Thank God. Now we don't have to worry about that. We're joking about this in the wake of like the Supreme Court saying, you can't limit emissions, West yeah. Virginia. The Supreme Court's been saying a lot. But the Supreme Court's been wrong a whole lot, so I'm not too, too worried about it. Uh, And the Iran... I keep telling myself. The Iran-Iraq war ended. (laughs) Again, so glad that we we don't have to worry about that anymore. It's like we looked at the world in 1988 and we're like, we should just be involved in all this. Yeah, what were the top movies that year? We should should fuck around and find out on all these things. Um, The other movies of 1988 that you may have heard of (laughs) are Beetlejuice... Nice. Heathers. Nice. Willow. I love Willow. Bloodsport. Fuck yes. Uh, (laughs) Young Guns. Okay. They Live. Oh, we've done that movie. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Loved that movie. The Land Before Time, which might be the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Maybe. I think it was mine as well, maybe. 
I don't know. Go ahead. I just remember like uh, like four or five movies around the same time that I saw. I'd have to go look and see like when did these come out to figure out which exactly was exactly it was. And Die Hard. Okay. It's the year of a Die Hard. People that we we gained that year. <laughs> we that gained the Earth plus one that year. Who's that? Uh, Rihanna, Steph Curry, Lizzo, Adele, and Michael Sarah. I threw in Michael Sarah because I just finished my. Twin Peaks rewatch from beginning to end, <laughs> and he's in that one. He has insane a fabulous scene. role. Hello, Shelf. he's now canon. Hello, Chef Truman. Um, and the, the that was the year that we lost Nico, Roy Orbison, and Hal Ashby. Yikes, that's so, sad. Boo hiss. Didn't even know who they. Well, other than Roy Orbison, I didn't know who they were until um, my adulthood. So I didn't uh, didn't even know about it at the time. That's sad. So there you there. I go. Okay, so Return of Living Dead Part 2. Part 2. Uh, this movie is, I think, the longest. At? Of all the Return of Living Dead films, and by longest, I mean the shortest. It is an hour and 29 minutes long. Um, I mean, you're pushing it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, like we said, it was released. I famously, the shorter the movie, the happier I am. Mm, true story. It was released January 8th, 1988. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, it is rated R, and it was also written and directed by Ken Wiederhorn. Wiederhorn, eh? Which is just fun to say. Uh, he, it is a good name to say. He's the director of Shockwaves, which the podcast, the famous horror podcast, took its name from. Okay. And Meatballs 2. <laughs> Meatballs Which was on two. Comedy Central all the time in the late 90s. Yeah. Ken Wiederhorn classic. Um, I do want to throw out two people in the crew. Uh, this movie was shot. The cinematography was done by Robert Ellswit, who would go on to do The River Wild. Oh, okay. Um, the Town, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Nightcrawler, and um, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, King Richard, the movie that Will Smith won for and then promptly slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Oh, just recently, yeah. Um, but he's mostly known as being the cinematographer for Paul Thomas Anderson. He shot Heart Eight, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, oh, Punch Those are great Love, movies. There Will Be Blood, uh, and Inherent Vice. Cool. All so, right. He's the only cinematographer who's ever worked on PTA's movies. Like, after he stopped working on them because he got busy on other stuff. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson just shot his own things. Like, he became his own cinematographer. Like, if I can't have Elswit, I'll just do it myself. Good on him. Uh, he makes it, great films. Yeah. Uh, and it's also edited by Charles Bernstein, who was the editor on Halloween, The Fog, Angel, uh, Critters 2, and Tales from the Hood. <laughs> Fucking love all Tales right. from the Hood. I love all of those movies I just said aloud with my mouth. Okay. So. I'm glad you, boom. I'm glad. Uh, all right uh the cast of this thing are now we're here who's in it here we got we talked last week about there are two returning cast members from the oh, first oh that's film. right i couldn't remember uh so tom matthews is back playing joey this time so he's not playing his same character no he's totally different character this is a totally different movie it's, this is weird this movie's weird um you know from would... friday six and return of living dead i this okay. movie like goes back and tells the same story all over again. But he, but he's a different character. It's like total reboot of a movie that came out like a a couple years before. Okay, huh? So it's I don't know. It's a ride. It's a whole like they went. What if we 
essentially did a remake. I'm kind of giving you the what's this movie about away, but what if we did like a kind of a remake of the movie from three years ago and just made it funnier? And what if we just did that? Oh gosh, what are we in for? Um, and then the other returning cast member is James Karen, who plays fuck yes. Uh, this time he plays Ed. Um, <laughs> why aren't they playing? Them? Okay. Uh, that's again, wild, but okay. Go again, ahead. Again, you know him from the first Return of the Living Dead. When um, he played. <laughs> Poltergeist and Maholland Drive. So there you go. Now, All right. new cast members. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll get, I'll get this out of the way while we're here, too. There is a third returning cast member from this film. Who is so that? So Alan Troutman, who we did not mention last week, and I feel bad that we didn't. He played Tarman. <laughs> Oh, okay. He the was the... was like, brains! Yeah. Okay. He's in this? When he came playing out from the Tar Man again. But so Tar Man the same character. looks different. <laughs> okay. So it's a whole thing. Um, Alan Troutman... What are we about to watch? Okay. Was Fran Sinclair on the Dinosaur Show. Okay. Cool. And was a puppeteer. Nice. So there you go. Love that. Um, now, new cast members... <laughs> Apparently, they're going to be a lot. Uh, so there's Dana Ashbrook, who plays Tom. Everyone at this table, and by that I mean both of us. Both of us. Know him as Bobby Briggs from Twin Peaks. Oh, cool. Yeah, I do know him as that. He's like Bobby Briggs, but with a worse haircut. <laughs> okay. Uh, Suzanne Snyder is Brenda. She's in Weird Science, and more importantly, the female lead of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. And, oh, so we met her not that long ago, well, then. Very, very true. Uh, Marsha Dietland's in this. She plays Lucy Wilson. She was like in that last name. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Little Children. And then Jonathan Terry. Shit, I totally forgot. So I'm, I'm doing a bad job at this right now. Uh-oh. Uh, my all over the place. Jonathan Terry does return as the colonel from the first film, who's playing the same character. In his brief role of opening a wardrobe so cabinet go. and closing it. Okay. That's a thing. Uh, I will point out to you okay. that... Doug Benson, the comedian, <laughs> All right. was a zombie extra on yes. this film and became lifelong. I love Doug Benson trivia. Yeah, became lifelong friends with Dana Ashbrook, a.k.a. Bobby Briggs, from being on this film. And this movie has kind of the same thing as the first film. There's different soundtracks for the theatrical <laughs> oh, and the man. home release versions. Okay. And this, the, so we're going to watch it, the Scream Factory Blu-ray, which has the, it's the first home release that's had the theatrical music. All right. So just a little little tidbit for you. So we're going to watch the, the OG music. Yes. Okay. Did you want to see a poster? Yes, but you did kind of. So this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a picture of the film, and I try to tell you what it's going to be about. But you kind of already spilled the beans on that. They low-key stole the tagline from Jaws, too. So it's Return of the Living Dead just when you thought it was safe to what the dead? Just when you thought it was safe to be dead. To, to be dead. I think this is going to be about chemicals getting into a cemetery and all the zombies come alive. And it's going to be hilarious and gross and gnarly. And I'm going to love it. There is a scene that I am like, this movie is not nearly as good as, as the, the first, first film. But there is one specific thing that I'm excited for you to see in this movie because I think it's going to crack you up. Like, All right. Like I think you're going to really laugh really hard when you see it because you're going to be like, I can't believe they put that in the movie. Uh-oh. So. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's see. All right. All right. All right. Well, 
I guess you can just get this on any kind of iTunes or um, yeah, you, you can know, rent Amazon, it in rent a it. lot of places. I think the Screen Factory Blu-ray is still available. I know the first one is sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, they did add the first film to Shutter yesterday because it does take place over the Fourth of July weekend. So there you go. All right. If you're listening to this somehow before you listen to the first film, and That's you're like, weird. how can I watch this for not paying a lot of money? If you got Shutter, you can do it for free. Um, this movie, you're probably going to have to rent it. All so. right. Well, then, join us, won't you? <laughs> Mind the doors. A deadly experiment. A freak accident. that will be carried to the grave as the horror classic is reborn. Return of the Living Dead, Part 2. Jesse will be the first to know. Billy will be the first to go. We've got to get out of here. Get to a phone. Seven of the Living against an army of the dead starved for life. Living Dead, Part 2. Just when you thought it was safe to be dead. Return of the Living Dead, Part 2. Did I get the title right this time? Yes. Yay. I liked this better than the uh, first one. And you're the only human that's ever said I was going to say, I know I'm pissing a lot of people off with Even that. Even the people that were in this movie from the first movie. <laughs> for the first movie i liked this one i thought i mean they just went for it they it wasn't they didn't take themselves too seriously it was funny i i liked it i I thought this made more sense than and it didn't make much sense to begin with but it didn't but like it made more sense than the first one like explain like how this made more sense than the first one it makes more sense in that like oh the government lost track of one barrel and it seeped into their water supply, and then et cetera, et cetera. Then the barrels were stored somewhere for like 40 years, even though it had the number right on it. And it opened, and then like that leaked out, and then happened to rain. You know what I mean? Like it, okay. I disagree with you wholeheartedly uh, about this movie being better. Oh, it doesn't make much sense, but <laughs> I thought it made more sense than the original. I'm even trying to come at this from not a nostalgia Fan. place where I saw Return of the Living Dead like as a child and mm-hmm. it, like had an imprint on me. Just objectively, the sorry, second movie I, is sorry. I like trash. Is not as good in my opinion. But I don't know what that says about you. But... Well, I honestly kind of thought you would prefer this one. I do. 
um, maybe to most so you of the knew things that we're going, into. going to watch because you like goofy comedies. Yeah, that's fair. So this is the least horror movie <laughs> of the horror movies that we're watching this yeah. month. Okay, so that might be why I liked it. Right. I right think on. The ne- um, two weeks from this, the, this episode dropping is going to be maybe the only movie that's going to compete with the goofiness of this movie. Okay. But it's actually like a really fucking right. awesome. Okay. Um, so we'll see when we get there. All but right. Can you sum up the plot of this thing? Uh, well, I kind of already did, but basically um, from the first, you know, the, the first black and white movie, it kind of holds on to that those zombies are in a tank and one of the tanks falls off the shipment and then some kids are dicking around and open it and then it kind of gets like pushed into the sewer system and then all the you know zombies come back and uh one kid believes is the only kid who saw the phone number and so he knows what's going on but no one listens to the fucking kid and yeah it was weird but I liked it. It was silly. There was a drunk doctor at one point. Um, Bobby Briggs was a a master electrician at only nineteen. <laughs> graduated. I graduated from high school last year, and he's like rewiring the town's wire, the town's main power supply to blow these things up. I mean, whatever. But I liked it. It was fun. He learned that skill in Twin Peaks. Oh, okay, <laughs> that that checks out. Yeah. checks out. So IMDb has a gang of kids accidentally re- uh, release mysterious gas, which wakes up the inhabitants of false. the adjacent graveyard. Not false. That is not a gang of kids. It was one kid who was being flat out bullied by another. It was two. Okay, two kids bullied. And then another. they were, I guess they forced the other kid into their gang. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird, but that so, kid was being bullied badly. Uh, the zombies want only one thing, and that's brains. Brains. I just want to point out they capitalized every letter of brains. Of course. And there are plenty of them in the local town, which has been sealed off by the army. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I left that part out. I the army's that. like, no, nah, player, you got to stay in town. You yeah. Get eaten. Because they're trying to, you know, contaminate, like, keep it all down. And so they end up shocking all the zombies, and then they get out. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this movie. Do we ever find out why, where their mother was? Like, the whole thing is that they evacuated the whole town, and because those kids were kind of running through the um, cemetery, they weren't part of the evacuation. So, like, where the fuck is their mom? <laughs> well, I have a I have a pretty good idea about All that. All right. Here's my theory already. All right. I, I want to hear it right um, now. Budget. <laughs> so, okay. if you notice... Got it. You see three army guys? Yes. Just and, over and over and over again. And those three army guys... Empty out the whole town. Right. So everywhere these kids go is empty. Right. Every set is empty. Yeah. There's okay. literally only Budget. the main characters and the zombies, and that is it. I didn't really think about that or take that into consideration because the first movie was such a hit. And I know we talked about the budget, but I didn't think. I was like, oh, they'll be able to do whatever. But okay. <laughs> nope. So they had a zombie budget. Um, and unlike... <laughs> yeah. The zombies of the first film, these are slow moving. Yeah. And there's a lot more kind of violence done to the zombies. There's a lot more, you know, visual effects and grossness that. Yeah. And these zombies can be stopped. Like they figure out a way to stop these zombies as opposed to the first film zombies, which are just immortal. 
Right. Like you hit them in the head, you do whatever. You but they burn didn't them. try. I will say, I don't remember them trying electricity. No. Exactly. Because that's dumb. But, but it worked. <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> this movie. This movie. Holy shit. Well, anyway, what I was going to say is um, I got weird, like, poltergeist vibes. Because of the, like, 80s house nostalgia like the, kind of thing? The or neighborhood that's under construction. Kind of, oh, yeah. I was like, this kind of looks like the poltergeist In the 80s, all suburbs were under construction. So, but... My new favorite thing to do when I get mad at America, uh, this comes out, like, we're recording this on July 4th, is to listen to anyone from any country ever learn about the American suburbs and lose their mind. Like, that, what? But, like, where do you go for fun? Like, where's your entertainment? So you have to drive. What? That's weird. Why isn't everything just in walking distance? So, well, no wonder kids get into violence. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Sorry. You heard it here first. Suburbs and walking. <laughs> America the was designed. Shoot each other in America. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thank you. <laughs> Knock it off my soapbox now. That's what I extrapolated from that. It's it's the idea that the, the by putting us in suburbs and the layout that we did, it was designed again for a capitalist you know, for business, and it was meant to keep us from having a feeling of community. It's why in the 80s, a lot of community centers were shut down and things like that. Like even in my own town, they were, because you don't want to foster the sense of community. It's more, you know, divide and conquer, keep people down sort of a thing. I 60% agree with that. Well, I don't need your support. I would argue that there there is a sense of community in suburbs. There's the sense of white no, community. Not in, in my suburbs. backyard. Like, but I don't want to be friends with people who are white. You know. <laughs> but I mean, that's that was the whole point of suburbs was yep. getting away from the yep, 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 criminal yep. element of the cities. When the criminal element is the people who signs your paycheck every freaking you know what? Let's just doing air continue. quotes when I say criminal element of the city. <sighs> continue. Um, but it, it, honestly, like in my head, I thought as I was watching this, wouldn't this be fun if if this was the same neighborhood from Poltergeist, and they were finally rebuilding it after the events of the Poltergeist <laughs> this is what happened. from 1982. That'd be funny and so fucked up. And then, like, zombies roll in after, like, these people <laughs> that still hold on to their houses were like, man, remember when that house disappeared? Yeah, that was crazy, and, man. Like, there was that big flash in the sky. And, and... then just... <laughs> oh, fuck, there's zombies. Not again. Um, yes, please. <laughs> Anyway, I, could tie I think we can figure that out. I bet there's please, some please. sort of fan fiction if that would not, be able to. There's about to be. <laughs> that could kind of set this up for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this movie. This movie. At times they make it seem like it's a sequel. To Return of the Living Dead, and other times it feels like it's a remake, a remake. where the they, events of the previous film never occur. They even break the third wall. And just I feel like we've done this before, but like yeah, different. Like we've been here before. That was and... funny. I thought that was great. That yeah. was an excellent little throw in. I liked this movie. Like I said, I liked it a lot better than the not a lot better, but I liked it better than the first one. I'm sorry. Well, again, nobody, uh, nobody will ever agree with me on that. You're the only human that's ever said that. Actually, there's probably someone else out there that's like that. And it is what it is. I'm glad you liked it as much as you did. Um, I think, you know, we kind of always talk about 
what are horror movies saying? Okay. And what is this one saying? I think this movie says a lot by what it's not saying. Like, this movie has no message. This movie is a microcosm of 80s horror. <laughs> it's Where fun. the beginning of the 80s, you had a lot of fun but serious horror films okay. come out. Yeah. Where, you know, you were coming out of the decade of, like, Alien and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween. And Excess. And then in the 80s, the beginning 80s, you had, like, Carpenter was on his thing and Cronenberg was on his thing. And they were cranking out, like, The Thing and Videodrome. And it was this crazy time where, like, things were new. Can I offer? Oh, go ahead. Continue. And you started getting, like, Friday the 13th sequels. Mm -hmm. And Nightmare on Elm Street was fucking awesome in 84. But then, like, you started getting Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. And that dominated the whole horror sphere. And it became, like, just do the first movie, but do it less good than the first movie. Right? Kind of just... Take your killer, killers, whatever, your Freddy, your Jason, your zombies, whatever. And then... uh, Put them in a familiar setting. Yeah. And then just select a new group of people. And figure out a way to... And then just see how you can kill them. Have shit hit the fan. Um, I think this story tells more about, again, like it's reflective of the time, the idea of like, where are your children right now? Like, the 80s were the time of latchkey kids and having to be home alone and parents, like, doing their own thing, women both, you know, having to have a two-income household, all that sort of a thing. And so I think it says a lot that there's, like, no real adult. You've got the greatest generation being represented by this alcoholic doctor who doesn't know what he's doing. And then, you know, the who knows where the mom is daughter's in charge there's a to-do list on the fridge you've got a repairman coming in like the parentification of the oldest child like all that is something that really was a huge part of the 80s mm-hmm. huge and i think that that just boop, drops right in i think it, it says something right there as you know as well yeah i would i would agree with you i think that's a really good assessment of the film but i also think it does the thing where it takes the previous film mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then just goes, well, why don't we just remake it? That's essentially what all these movies are anyway. Yeah. Let's give new rules to this monster kind of a thing. Right. Put, that, like, put our own spin on it. Is it a sequel? I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I, I think it's just kind of part of the series. I don't know if it's like a reimagining of the original. And that's or... kind of the movies. They don't really, there's not a lot of callback to the previous films. I feel like both of these are separate sequels to the original Night of the Living Dead movies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, they're both a sequel of that one movie, but not of each other. Uh, You know who hated making this movie and doing this movie? Who? Uh, Tom Matthews. Because he's already been in it. He didn't understand why he was in it again. Uh, He said that the best part about making the movie was... The paycheck. The craft service food. Oh, right, yeah. And then Ken Weirhorn, who wrote Mm -hmm. and directed the film not a fan of horror films so he that was the only thing he could get so he just kept doing them but a lot of the cast and crew gave interviews saying i mean he just kind of didn't give a shit like he was just kind of like well i'm here all right now go over there mm-hmm. okay let's go home well but to be fair you like i mean so you don't really know what you've got till it's done like burt reynolds famously hated um boogie nights like 
got rid of his People's Choice Award, like hated the whole thing. But I mean, look at what masterful piece that is. Okay. Did you just compare Boogie Nights for the Living Dead Part 2? I sure did. As being an equal masterpiece? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I just want to throw out here, because we talked about electricity killing these things. Um, the, electric- the electricity, the blue line electricity, that had to be like hand-drawn mm-hmm. um, into the frames. And that cost like $50,000 of the budget. <laughs> Was having someone go through each frame and being like, electricity. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Well, I liked it. Now, next week, are we watching... Do you want to archive it? Oh, we can. Let's say we've got action, for sure. Revolutionary, no. not in the least. Killing, tons. Oratory? No. Not really. Fantasy, for sure. And then fornication. Is anybody naked? No. No naked. And the best we've got is like a French kiss um, this at, movie, at the very end. This movie actually, Ken Wiederhorn was told that if he cut down the zombie scene in the hospital where they're shooting the zombie apart, if he would have cut some of that out, it would have yeah. got a PG-13. Like, there's no nudity. There's really no swearing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very different than the first film. Which is like a punk rock comedy with like nudity and yeah. gore. This movie's just, there's nearly no gore in this movie. There's like cool effects with but the zombies. Yeah, there's no, even when they like get stabbed in the head, it's more like, yeah, no like blood explosion. There's no real, realism. Um, there's no human gore. There's no blood in this movie. Agreed. Um, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, I will say on our way out. Uh, I was actually kind of excited for you to see the Michael Jackson zombie moment because that was hilarious, ridiculous, so funny. Uh, That guy, that zombie, Mm -hmm. was an extra who was on set and was dressed up, ready to go as a zombie, and he had that jacket in his fucking car. (laughs) And someone was like, "Just put it on and jump in one of the scenes." And that is an extra who got paid a little bit extra that day. That probably won't make it in the movie, but it will be fucking hilarious. And that got to get put on his reel. And it made it in the movie. Good on that guy, whoever he was. Proud of you. Speaking of which, I saw a guy once who has an IMDb page where every time they show the Earth from space in a movie, Mm -hmm. he puts himself as an uncredited extra in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Just that's a thing. Just like Armageddon. I like that. It's like, well, I'm... Click, I'm in this movie. Nice. <laughs> like that. So what are we watching next week? Uh, we're going to end our Return of the Living Dead run with the least funny of the Return of the Living Dead films. What's, which is? Return of the Living Dead 3. All right. 3. I wonder if it's just going to be another retelling of the first. Again. Well, we'll find out, I guess. But when look, did that come out? When did that one come out? Like 92, I think. All right. Welcome to the 90s. I'm going to yeah. We talked about that at the front. All right. Well, and I mean, until next time. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay. We're trying to let me go what is better.